welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast. We are your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is Sunday, February 20th. It is our fourth season, and it is episode seven. You are listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast. That's right, guys. We are a nationally ranked sports card podcast. And my name is Jeff Baker. I am your host for the show. And we are joined by my friend and co-host for life, Mr. Drew Pelto. Drew, good morning. How are you, my friend? Oh, doing pretty good. I mean, it's it's a it's a weekend. What can I say? <laughs> I know it's a holiday weekend. Happy yeah. President's Day weekend to everyone. And and uh, you know, I just want to remind everyone about our radio show that's on the Sports Map Radio Network. If you don't have a Sports Map Radio station in your area, you can uh, just download the Sports Map Radio app and listen to our show. It is every Sunday morning from seven a.m. to eight a.m. Eastern, and it's repeated. On Sunday mornings from 10 to 11, the name of the show is called, what is it called, Drew? It'd be Sports Collectors Club. The Sports Collectors Club. You can go to sportscollectorsclub.com to uh, listen to all our old shows and learn more about the show. Check it out, Sports Collectors Club. We have a new show every Sunday. But what we love is our podcast. We keep doing the podcast. We are going to keep doing the podcast until Drew and I are no longer here. We, we, we can't pick up the phone to talk to each other. So we have a great show for you today. And as I said, it was kind of a holiday weekend. And no, we're not talking about Valentine's Day. No, we're not talking about President's Day. What are we talking about, Drew? Tops release day. Tops release day. So flagship series one tops release came out. Uh, it came out on uh, Wednesday, I believe. I think Wednesday was yep. day, or, right? Wednesday. Yep. And uh, my wife ran around to about seven different stores looking for cards for me. No one had them. Target, no cards. Walmart, no cards. BJ's, no cards. Costco, no cards. So the, she, we, we got, we found my local card st- shop had them. So I got a hobby box for $109, which I think is a, a pretty good rate because they're going for about $120 online. Picked it up, ripped it, went, went actually went in, uh, to the gym, swam in the pool for a little while, and then I came home and I, I ripped open my box and uh, it was pretty good. I got an autograph, which I was very happy because I usually get relics. And uh, I got um, all, basically all the rookie guys. I got a Wander Fra- one Wander Franco base card, which is fine. Uh, it was in my second to last pack so i was getting nervous that it wasn't in there but i did get it i got pretty much the whole set the the collation is great i didn't get one double uh i got a i got a bunch of i got a a one gold card a bunch of a couple silver cards um and uh, a bunch of inserts so i was very happy with the set i love the design drew i don't know if you've seen the, the actual design yet but the design is nice and clean I have seen it, yeah, because uh, if I remember, it's got kind of like a bottom border, but like the sides and the top are borderless, right? Yeah, and it's very yeah. white. It's a very white card, which is going to uh, make great uh, for autographs. It's going to yeah. be a great card to get an autograph because the, the, they're very bright cards. A lot of action pictures, um, a lot of, of uh, vertical shots and a lot, of, a lot of horizontal shots as well. Uh, there's leader cards, which is nice, and there's also a bunch of... Um, you know, got you know, multiple guys on, on a card, you know, like they used to do in the 60s. 
What, what, whatever that's called. What's that called, Drew? When they it's do called those, duels and trios. I don't know what it's yeah, called. They, yeah, there's a lot of duels out yeah. there. So I, I think it's a, a really good set. There's only 330 cards in the first set. Um, but, you know, a good smattering. All the Almost all the stars are there. I got Mookie Betts and I got Trout and I got Otani and I got uh, Tatis. Uh, I got Harper. Um, I got, you know, most of the big the big guys. So uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, in terms of, we're going to talk about print run. In terms of value, I'm not sure if there's going to be any value in these cards. And uh, Drew, I don't know if you saw, there are, as, as far as I can tell, there are 32 different versions of Wander Franco cards. Wow. From the base card to the, uh, the short prints and the ultra short prints and all the different uh, iterations of colors of, you know, whatever they did, I don't know, there's, there's all sorts, there's 32 different uh, Wander Franco cards. So they know where, where their bread is buttered, but, you know, I did get one base card and I'm happy about that. There's a lot of, I've seen a lot of autograph versions out there and a lot of short print versions out there. And I just saw, I just saw a uh, 2022 Wander Franco, um, whatever car version was sold for $24,000. That's not, listed for $24,000. It's sold for $24,000. So there's, there are, there's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's part of it. I don't so, get is, I mean, there's so many people out there that say, well, I want to have the first one out there and all that. It's like, so what are you getting like some gold star for having the very, for buying the very first one or something? I mean, okay, good for you. You got it. Now it's you know going to be just like all the other ones in a couple of weeks there. And you're, you just paid your 24,000. It's going to drop to wherever, but Hey, good on you. I mean, if you want to throw the money around on that, I guess. Yeah, I know. And, you know, it, it's it's this first card with the rookie insignia on it, but obviously he has Bowman first cards and Bowman chromes. And there's a lot of Wander Franco cards out there as well and autograph cards. So, um, you know, again, I always say collect for what you love and don't worry about value. The value will, will come down the road if that's what you you're ultimately want. Ultimate want. But um, I, I would give it um, thumbs up in terms of, uh, content in terms in terms of box value for me, I think, and I think it was uh, I like the series one. I really do. I, I I like the series one. I like the design this year. Some of the designs in the last couple of years have looked very similar. This one has a little different look to it, very clean look. And the best part, Drew, for for a guy like me with the, with the bad eyes, is the numbers are nice and big in the top back right hand corner and you can see i can see those numbers clear as day so when i'm sorting cards it's really easy so sometimes the numbers are hard to see i don't know yeah. about you but for me it's hard to see the numbers when you're sorting cards yeah there's one that i've been going through recently it's actually one of the uh one of the panini uh contenders football draft sets i've been kind of trying to compile that and everything finally got it done but my god i think it was a 2018 set the numbers on it fortunately it's a white card with a black number on it so it's you know, good contrast and everything, but it's so tiny. I've had to literally break out the magnifying glass on a couple of them. It's like, is that card 25 or 26 that I've got there? And I think yeah, I went out I'm and always... bought a card 25 and it's like, oh, nope, already had that one. I guess I need 26 after all. So, yeah. The last couple of years, the, the sixes and eights always look alike and it's really, it's really frustrating. But I, this year, they're really good. One other thing that was kind of cool, Drew, and I don't think I've shared this with you. Um, I go on Facebook mar- Marketplace, I don't know, 
maybe once or twice a week, just for shits and giggles, because every once in a while you can find something on there. So it was on, uh, this would have been Friday, I think, after you and I spoke on Thursday, or it was either Thursday afternoon or Friday, but no no difference. So I was, I was scrolling through local listings and uh, I saw a binder full of cards for, for $5 and I clicked on it and it was um, 2009 top set in in a binder in sheets for five dollars i i couldn't hit it i couldn't buy that fast enough oh yeah and jump the, on that so i i hit the thing to buy fast i you know i wanted I, I it's mine and then um i hadn't heard this was probably about seven or eight at night and it, it hadn't been up for too long i don't think and i hadn't heard from the lady and then when i woke up the next morning it would have been friday so my, yeah it was friday so i, I for, checked my phone and then she's like yeah you can have them Come pick them up. Nice. So it's like two towns over from me, but it's basically a, it's a whole, it's a full set of 2009 tops for five bucks in a binder. The binder and the pages are worth more than $5. Right. <laughs> now, and there's not any big rookie cards. And I think Andrew McCutcheon's the biggest rookie card, but I didn't care. I, I have, I'm, I'm sure like, I'm not sure, sure if you're like me, but I have a probably like a five or six year window where for some reason, I didn't buy cards. We were kind of moving around around that time. And, uh, you know, we had kids and I just didn't like, I would go out and buy maybe a couple packs here and there just to see what the cards look like. But I never, I wasn't getting boxes and I wasn't amassing a huge collection. And that was kind of right in the middle of my window. I, if I have, if I have, uh, you know, two packs of 2009 tops cards sitting in a box somewhere, that's a lot. So I, I was kind of, I was happy to fill that in. But do you have an, a window where you didn't really collect much? I do. Yeah. Um, anything right after I finished college, because uh, right when I went to college is it's like throughout high school and college, kind of when I made the transition from being mostly a baseball collector to mostly a hockey collector. So there's a lot of baseball from like the early 2000, like the yeah late 90s to early 2000s that I don't have much. I've got a lot of hockey from that era there. But yeah, there is I, I have almost nothing at all from any sport in 2000s, about 2009 through 2012. So I was living in Wichita Falls, Texas, which is not exactly a uh, graphing hotbed at all. I mean, that's uh, I'd be lucky if I would get down to the Dallas area more than, you know, once or twice a year to do any graphing. So I never really had a reason to buy any cards at all. But then once about 2012, 2011 rolled around, I started buying some more again because that was when like Top Series came out with the 62 and 63 design. So I started picking those up again. But yeah, like 2009, 2010, 2011, I have almost nothing from those. And if somebody were to say, hey, draw what that design looks like off the top of your head, I'd go, I don't know. I, I can tell you up through 2008. I can tell you, you know, after 13, 14, somewhere around there. But that three-year gap right in there, I just, three to four-year gap there, I have no recollection of it at all. I have nothing on it. So five five bucks for that set, I would throw that down with no problem. I mean, no, Brian, no. And no, what's yeah. funny is um, when I'm doing TTM and I'm looking to see you guys, a guy will come up, like I just saw Dan Wilson from the um, – Mariners signing, he he had a long delay and he was signing a bunch of cards. And I was like, I don't know if I have a Dan Wilson card. <laughs> I really don't know if I have a Dan Wilson card. I'd have, you know, I'd have to just dig into because I have a lot of boxes from that era, just miscellaneous. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it wasn't a star, I didn't pull it out. So and I didn't put they're not in number order. They're not in any number order. It would take me like hours to go find to see if I had. A guy like Dan Wilson. So it's almost easy for me to just go to local, my local card store or just buy one online, you know, to, yep. to spend the dollar or whatever, even though it's way overvalued, overpriced. But um, I can tell you, if there's cool. anybody anyway, in need from, 
I was going to say, if, you, if there's anybody that you need from that era, let me know, because I have all that stuff finally sorted. I know I've got some extra Dan Wilsons in there. I TTM'd him like probably 10 years or so ago, but I've probably got a few extra on him if you need him or anyone else around there. So let me know. I do. I do need Dan Wilson. I, I, I saw he was signing. I, I went to I have the I have that label. I have everything done. I have the thing ready to go. And I'm like, shoot, I can't find a Dan Wilson card. <laughs> so and it was another one I was looking for. I, I, I just found it. It was a uh, um, David Will Wells because uh, he won't sign. And we'll talk about that later. He won't sign Yankee cards. But I, I found I found a Blue Jays card. So I have uh, David Wells ready to go in a Blue Jays card to to send that up. But we have guys, we have a great show for you. Uh, you know, Joe, Joe and I can just talk hours just just without without going by a script. But we're going to go right right to script now. And when I say script is our outline, we have a great show for you guys. We have Matt Strom, who's a major league pitcher, and he's also the host of a great TV show called The Card Life. And uh, Brandon Versal, who uh, created the show and is the producer for the show, as well, so we we talked all to Matt about uh, collecting, and uh, talked to Brandon about the show, and we talked to Matt about the show. And if you haven't seen the show, it's called The Card Life. It's available. Uh, it showed it showed um, you know all all month, every month, almost every day on the Valley Sports Network across the country. It is a fabulous show. You you can it, I bet if you just sit and watch Bally's. For two hours, you're gonna you're gonna see the, the uh, a commercial for the show, and it's on. It's on. I you can check that your local listens to see when it's on. But it is a great show, and they have a new show every month, and it is the first show that is dedicated to our hobby. So uh, you know, check it out. And we have a, a great interview coming up with Matt and Brandon next week. We have Ted Mann, who is the creator of Collects.app, and that's a fabulous, fabulous application that is free. You can find it at collects.app, and we're going to have Ted Mann on next week to talk about that. We also might have a special guest or we're, we're, I'm supposed to be interviewing him next week, but I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag until we get the, the interview in the can, and uh, Drew knows about him, and we had mentioned him you know, on the show a couple weeks ago, so we have a we, have a, we might have a special guest as well. So we have a lot of fun stuff to you. We're, we're working hard to create great content and, and, and interview people that are uh, pertinent to the hobby and, and athletes as well. So we have our great, uh, a lot of our, our regular segments coming up. We have Baker's Dozen. We have Making the Grade. We have Stamp of Approval. We have the Vern Rat Minute. We have our returns. And Drew and I uh, hit it out of the park this week, right, Drew? We had a lot of returns oh, yeah. this week, which is nice. Um, guys, send us um, feedback. We need We want feedback. We want to know how we're doing, what guests you'd like to see, what content you like, uh, things that you're where you're interested that we might not be covering. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, send it to our text line. Our text line is 978-729-0662, or you can email us. And what's the email us, Drew? TTMcast at yahoo.com. That's right. TTMcast at yahoo.com. We love to hear from you guys. We always, uh, we that, that's one of my favorite things is when I check my email and we get a, a, an email or, or a text from our listener and let us know how we're doing. And if you think we suck, tell us we suck. Well, that's okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, Drew has all his public relations, all his cronies. They tell me he's the best every day. So I have to keep giving him raises. But, uh, you know, if there's something you want to hear, if we're not doing a good job, if we, we cost you money with our stupid Football picks, let, let us know. We we want to know how we're doing. So please text us, 978-729-0662 or etmcast at yahoo.com. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen, which is our new segment. Coming up next is Baker's Dozen.
Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby, and we kind of touched on it briefly when in our introduction, and we're, of course, we're talking about the Series 1 Tops, the flagship product, was released the other day, and Drew, uh, the, the question that I'm going to send out to you is, is Tops slash Fanatics killing the Golden Goose? Just to give you some t- statistics here, my friend, Tops is printing seven times more product of their flagship in 2022 than they did in 2019. That means they 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 printed 1,056,500 hobby boxes. Now that's kind of a, an estimate based on the odds of, of getting some of these inserts that that some, that people posted. But that's still a lot of cards that's just hobby boxes that doesn't include jumbo boxes that doesn't include um hanger boxes that doesn't include blaster boxes. Uh, to, to say the least, that's a lot of cards. Probably the most cards they've printed since uh, the 80s when you and I were, were, were collecting uh, as younger people. So um, are they killing the Golden Goose, Drew? I have my concerns for sure. And I mean, like you said, it was in the 80s. I mean, there was, hell, you can still find unopened 87, 88 boxes with no problem. Somebody said that they printed four to five million of each card in the 1991 set, which to me is completely insane i mean that's not not even four to five million cards total four to five million of each card so multiply that by 792 cards there's a crap load of 91 tops out there and i mean you can still find that for pennies there's not a whole lot to hold value in the 91 set so i'm sitting here wondering god are we going to see that same kind of thing happen here i mean if you're talking one million over a million hobby boxes being made that means you're talking at least a million of each card being made. And like you said, that doesn't even include all the other ways of getting it besides hobby boxes. So it's concerning for sure. I mean, it's great that they're, you know, meeting demands of collectors right now. But what is it going to mean for collectors down the line? You look at, I mean, who, we don't know how much they printed back in like the 60s and 70s or, or anything like that. But how many kids had their baseball cards thrown out by their mom when they left the house for college or to go out and get a job and everything? How many of your kids just threw them out on their own or shoved them in their bicycle spokes? You don't see that anymore. You're going to print, you know, millions of each card and they're not going to get destroyed at any point. They're still going to be here 20 years down the line. We're seeing that with that 91 top set. I have concerns. So, yeah, I just I don't know if they're really killing the golden goose necessarily, but it's definitely uh, they're making money for themselves right now. But they're going to be shooting themselves. But collectors are going to be shooting themselves in the foot years down the line, I think, with it. Yeah, I mean, I think as a collector, right, we love to have the availability of cards because nothing sucked more than in 2020 and 21 where you couldn't, couldn't you go to the store and you couldn't find any cards at all. Uh, you know, baseball hasn't been as bad as football and basketball, but still, uh, it was tough to find uh, baseball cards for a while. And now, now there seems to be availability, of, especially the 2001 set. Uh, and cards out there, um, you know, as a collector, I think it's great that that the availability is there. You know, I see the cards are uh, being found in more retail outlets as 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 much as I can see. You know, Barnes and Noble has them, and I just saw um, what's the the video game store they have them. What's that video? The video they sell all the video games. Um, GameStop. GameStop. GameStop has them now, and there's all sorts of more. Uh, Oh, uh, retail outlets that have them, which is good. It, you know, car, you, when, when I was a kid, and I'm sure you drew, when we, I used to go to the local drugstore and pick up a couple packs of cards or, or, or the 7 Eleven, you know, for the cards were 10 cents or 15 cents a pack. Now, this is going back into the 70s, right? But, you know, you could, you never had a problem finding cards, but now uh, in the you know, last couple of years, it was tough. So more cards 
is a good thing in my mind, but as a collector, but uh, if you're looking for investment opportunity and value, um, you know, these cards might not be worth anything, you know what I mean? It's especially the base cards. So, you know, I, I collect mostly as a collector for the fun of collecting the love of collecting. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually sold any cards or maybe sold a couple, but um, it, it's, it, it, it's time will tell, but, you know, just on a business side, Michael Rubin, who's, who's the president of Fanatics, was on Yahoo Finance, and he uh, stated that our, our industry, our, our hobby is a uh, 10 to $15 billion industry. We'll call it an industry because anytime there's 10 to $15 with 10 to 15 with a B at it at the end of it, that's a that's an industry. So uh, he, he estimated that that's what we, we are right now with uh, five to 10 million collectors. And he wants to plan to grow that to 50 to 100 million collectors. Uh, so that's very ambitious. And, you know, to, to service 50 to 100 million collectors, uh, that's a lot of cards, right, Drew? It is. And I mean, if that's his goal and if he thinks they can reach that goal, then maybe that million hobby boxes won't really be that big of a problem then after all. But I'd love to see that happen. I think it's it's a noble goal for sure. And I think it's going to be easier to reach now than it would have been 20 or 30 years ago. If you go back to the early 90s, you wouldn't find card collectors anywhere outside of the U.S. and Canada. There was no market for sports collectibles really in China. Europe was always big on stickers rather than on cards. But over the last few years now with Panini getting in, Panini has done a lot to try to get things going over in China. And they've gotten a lot of basketball collectors, especially over there. Um, China's opening up to hockey and uh, other sports a little bit as well. And then over in Europe, I mean, when they did the, I think it was 2014 was the first year they put out a set of World Cup cards for Prism. They thought, okay, well, you know, it's worth a try. You know, what, what's, what's the worst that'll happen? And everybody's, everybody in the hobby is going, Europe has never bought cards. This is not going to go over big at all. And that World Cup Prism set was a huge, huge, huge seller in Europe. And cards have just taken off over there ever since in the soccer world, especially, but really in a little bit of everything. So I think he's got a good goal in mind there. Um, I don't know if 50 to 100 million is necessarily easily reachable, but when you're dealing with the uh, global market, okay, it might be. He might, he might be onto something here. Well, Drew, if we get to 50 to 100 million collectors, right, then we can raise our advertising rates and you and I can, you, you and I can retire, right? That's exactly that's the goal. That's the goal. So go. Go, Michael Rubin, build it to 50 to 100 million collectors, but just don't, don't ruin the hobby, you know? Well, um, next Saturday is a holiday, right, Drew? It is National Hockey Card Day. Biggest day in all of Canada. Pretty big day in the U.S. there as well. And Upper Deck is doing some really cool stuff. There. They've got this 25-card uh, set that's out there. And at participating shops, you can pick up a free pack of five cards. Uh, there's a, a Rookie Moments Trevor Zegris card that's... Uh, I mean, that's one of the big names right now. He had a nice uh, nice showing there at the All-Star game, if I remember right, and having a big first half of the year. So keep an eye on that. Go out and get yourself some free stuff there. Check and see if your uh, local shop is participating. But if they're a hockey card seller, I bet they'll be involved. Yeah, it's always fun. Check it out. And to get that uh, uh, Trevor Zagre card, you have to spend $10 on Upper Deck product, which is nowadays isn't too difficult. Um, but just want to congratulate our friend Tim Virgilio, uh, from Signatures for Soldiers, he has reached, uh, raised since November 14th, um, 
$590 for uh, wounded veterans. Uh, it's a great cause. Signature for soldiers. I just saw that Fergie Jenkins uh, has uh, joined his, his posse of athletes signing. And it, what he does is he gets athletes to sign cards and pictures and stuff and balls. And then he sells them on his site. And all the money goes to uh, help the soldiers. So it's a great, great thing check out signature soldiers online just put on in signatures for soldiers check out they are he always has a ton of stuff and all the money that you buy uh, goes directly to the donate the the cause so that's pretty cool joe we had kind of a a, a find a ttm find this week we did i mean uh, uh everybody out there has probably had a few super long returns i mean i just had one that i'll be talking about later that came in after over a year but uh how about a 21 year wait this this is the new record holder as far as i'm concerned i've heard of a few that have taken in the tens of years this is the first one that's taken over two decades but eric emmanuel he's a uh philadelphia eagles season ticket holder if i remember right he's no longer really a collector at all either but um got back uh, a ttm that he sent out 21 years ago when he was still doing this from former running back warwick dunn apparently came with a note and everything saying hey wow sorry this one took me so long <laughs> and all that but uh 21 years. So yeah, if you've got one that you sent out to somebody and you're thinking, wow, why didn't this one come back? Don't give up hope just yet. I mean, it might still make its way back to you, apparently. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was a pretty cool story. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, though, um, something else I've been working on here that's kind of relates to that a little bit, because sometimes, you know, you'll get something back that you expect to get back and you don't. Sometimes you'll find a guy who doesn't sign a certain card for whatever reason. And so on my website, dfwgrapher.com, I've decided I'm going to try to start compiling a list of cards and items that players in any sport, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, golf, wrestling, you name it. I mean, send me anything you've got if you know of any of these things, but trying to compile a list of cards that guys won't sign. So uh, if you have any to add to my list, please definitely let me know, but you can check it out at dfwgrapher.com. But a few ideas of like what I'm looking for, for example, Floyd Bannister on his 1985 Don Russ card, the photos, Tom Seaver and Bannister won't sign it. Seaver, I don't believe, would sign it either when he was around or anything. Um, let's see. Just going through. Of course, I mean, everybody knows about the Steve Garvey 1982 Fleer card that he will not sign that. Um, I'm even putting in stuff that's like just kind of quirks about things like. Uh, let me see if I can find. There's one that I was thinking of earlier that I totally forgot about. OK, like uh, Pete LaForest, his uh, 2004 Tops Total card depicts Toby Hall, but he will sign the back of it still. So I'm putting in things like that. There's a. Uh, uh, 1997 Fleer card of Jose Malave. The photo on the front is Alex Delgado, but what's funny about that one is that Delgado is willing to sign the front of it and Malave is willing to sign the back of it, so you can get that done and everything, but I'm looking for anything like that to put on this list, and like I said, across any sport. So uh, Bo Jackson, for example, of course, has several things he won't sign. It's Heisman items, Tampa Bay Buccaneers items, the photo of him with the shoulder pads and the bat. Um, out of the hockey world, God, there's a lot in the hockey world that I found. Ken Baumgartner on his 9091 upper deck card, uh, Mark Howe's 8990 tops card, and even in the basketball world, like Blake Griffin won't sign tops cards, and uh, Luke Carnesecca won't sign anything that talks about the uh, St. John's Red Storm as opposed to the Red Men. So, if you have any to add to my list, go and check it out at dfwgrapher.com. It's on this uh, page called Cards Players Won't Sign. You can find it easily off the menu there. And if you have any to add to the list, please. Shoot me an email, dfwgrapher at gmail.com. Send it to even ttmcast at yahoo.com. Whatever works. Get it to me. I'll add it to the list. Because, I mean, the more we can help collectors out with avoiding stuff that might come back unsigned or the player's going to look at it at, a private, at, a, at an in-person sign and go, oh, nope, I'm not signing that. 
The more we can help out people to avoid that, I think the better off we all are. Right, and Aurelio Rodriguez, and I don't think he's still with us, he wouldn't sign his 1969 card because that's not him. It's his, the Bat Boy. I right, and what I've heard with that one is that um, the Bat Boy was willing to sign the front of it. He's done a few signings uh, with that. And Rodriguez, when he was alive, was willing to sign the back of it. But they were both unwilling to sign anything that the, either, that he, that the other one had already signed. So you won't find very many duels out there, if any at all. But uh, funny you mentioned Aurelio Rodriguez. Interesting and uh, depressing trivia piece here. There have been three Major League ball players named Aurelio across all, excuse me, across all of Major League Baseball history. We'll edit that out. <laughs> but uh, um, Nah, we'll keep it in. Okay, great. There we go. I mean, it's most, I'm sure most of our listeners are, yeah, anyways. So, um, anyways, across all of Major League history, there have been three players named Aurelio, and all of them have died, like, tragically young. Two of them were in auto accidents, and one was of a heart attack, but all of them died before, like, 50 or 60. So, it's like, don't be named Aurelio if you make it to the Major Leagues there. But, uh, yeah, Aurelio Rodriguez there was uh, one of them. Right, My, and Mark McGuire won't sign Jose Canseco cards that have been signed, right? Is that true? Right, yeah, anything a picture that, I think it's, He'll sign stuff that has both of them shown on it together, but if it's already signed by Conseco, he puts an absolute no on that. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of quirky. I know. Uh, I spoke with Garvey uh, now three or four years ago, and he won't sign that '92 card because he signed one for charity, and he said he would never sign another one. Yeah, and I think he I even wrote like one of one on that one or something. Like yeah, that. I don't remember what charity it was, and uh, I don't think he was thinking what he was doing when he did it. But it just kind of happened that way. So he won't sign that night, the 92 flare card right, that, right. that we know of. And, and there are, there's a lot of quirky cards. I know I'm collecting, and I sent this to you already, but I'm collecting the 92 game day set. And for some reason, Albert Bentley won't sign that card. He's a great TTMer, but he won't sign his, his game day card. So I don't, we don't know why. Uh, so yeah, help Drew out, send it. You can send it to him. At, at DFW Grapher, or you can send it to ttmcast.yahoo.com. And uh, it's a great list and it's a great project. A couple new releases we want to let everyone remind everyone about uh, Top. So obviously, at the 2002 is here. Uh, jumbo boxes are going for about $220. Hobby boxes are between about $110 and $120. Uh, you know, the jumbo boxes, you get, I think, 400 something cards in there. And there's, uh, I think, there's one guaranteed autograph and a couple of relics. And from what I've seen, the jumbo boxes seem to have a lot of cool insert cards in them that even you don't find in the hobby boxes. So you know, maybe for that extra hundred dollars, it's worth it. Uh, one other thing with, with tops, and, and um, one of one of uh, I found this, this on um, on um, TikTok. So forgive me because I think it's it's his name is Baseball Card Genius is his screen name. They had, he gave the, um, the codes on the back of the card, so you can tell if you have a base card or a short print or whatever. And I just want to give those out. Um, and it, it's, 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 a, it's very helpful because when you open the packs, sometimes you can't tell if it's a short print. They don't, you know, sometimes they put them upside down. Sometimes they put them backwards. Uh, and when you saw after, once you start sorting cards, it's a little weird. So, uh, check out these codes. It's fine on the bottom of, in the, of the cards and kind of small print, but you can see it. So these are the four codes that you really have to keep in mind. Uh, it's base card is, oh, they are all a 543 print run. The short prints are 560. The super special short prints are 561. And the ultra prints are 562. So I'll get that one more time. Base is 543. Short prints is 560. Super 
special short prints are 561 and ultra short prints are 562. So just you can you you can see that it's a different picture but you, you know if you're only open in one box you might not realize that you have a short print or a special print or an ultra print. And we're gonna give you a link to, that has the pictures of all the short prints and ultra prints that you can check out. But there's there's the, the codes on the back of the card, just so you have them. Well, one other new, uh, new release is we had the uh, Honors 2021-2022 Elite Basketball. There's 20 packs per box, eight packs per, eight cards per pack. There's two autographs, eight inserts, eight parallels, and two base rookies in the box. And they're going for about $375. Once again, that's the 2021-22 Donruss Elite Basketball. Those just came out, and those are going for $375 a box. There's also a hockey release next week, right? There is. Yeah, you know, we just talked about uh, Hockey Card Day coming up on the 26th. Well, three days before that, on the 23rd, 2021-22 Opeachy Hockey is going to start hitting the shelves made by upper deck as well. So you might be able to combine those two together with the uh, national hockey card day, but it's running at about 135 to $150 per box on that. You'll be getting 18 packs, 10 cards per pack. Based on that, you'll be able to get about a quarter to a third of the set completes a 600 card set right there. So if you're a fan of the bigger sets, like I am, where you want to be able to get cards of anybody from the big name stars all the way down to, you know, the, the fourth line winger and everything. That's the product for you. 600 cards right there. So definitely check that out. Typically, the designs are really good for getting autographs on. They don't require any prep work or anything like that. So highly recommended. That's Opeachy Hockey from the 21-22 uh, set calendar year. Drew, I miss the days when Tops would put out 660 cards in their set, all in one set. And you could collect the set. And there weren't 8 million different inserts and colors and variations and you know, I just I, I, I like the days where you could just buy a box and then, you know, buy packs here and there, buy a rack pack, fill in what you need and collect a set and then trade with your friends. That Those were the days. But and I think that this Opeachy hockey set kind of harkens back to that with the 600 uh, cards in a set, which is kind of neat. It does. And I've always liked when uh, companies have started when they started doing that again in the early 2000s or so, because uh, you had Upper Deck came out with 40 man in baseball. They did. uh was, what was it? Upper Deck, uh, XL in football. Tops did, of course, the Tops total sets. And everybody knows that that's, been, that's listened to the show before. I loved the 0203 Tops total hockey set. That's the biggest one that I've been working on getting autographed. 440 cards in there, and every single card had only one player on it, and every player had only one card in that set. So you didn't. So if you're a set collector, you don't have. If you're an autograph set collector, I should say, you don't have to worry about getting. You know eight cards of a guy like, you know, a Derek Jeter or a Mario Lemieux or somebody like that signed to be able to complete your set. You'd have one Mario Lemieux card. You had one Steve Eisman card. You had one Patrick Waugh card. It was doable. Obviously, I mean, I'm only six cards away from having the thing completed. And even in the baseball world, I mean, everybody had just their one card and everybody was represented, whether it was, you know, like I said, you know, Derek Jeter, Barry Bonds, they had one card. The backup catcher and the lefty one out guy out of the bullpen, those guys all had one card in there as well. Love those sets. I wish companies would still do those. And OPG Hockey, I think, is as close as we see to that right now. Yeah, and, and remember back in the day in the late 80s and early 90s, the pro set football was that, right? Oh, yes. They had everyone. They had the the all the offensive linemen and the punters and the, the backup cornerbacks. And, you know, it was really cool because you'd get, you know, I was a Patriot guy and you could you'd get, you know, 35 whatever patriots or you know and you get all these guys that there was the only card that they had in it from a ttm collector set now 
you know, not the set, but just getting the get all getting all those guys. Some of those guys never had a tops card, but they all they all had pro set cards. So, um, as a collector and a TTM collector, I love getting those guys. I, you know, I, you know, don't get me wrong, I love getting a Hall of Fame card in the mail, but I just get it as excited as getting, you know, Bob Kreider, who was a, uh, an offensive lineman and only had one card <laughs> during his day, and, and that that make that's fun too. So. Um, you know, we're going to that wraps up Baker's Dozen and we're going to go right into Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit DSGGrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. We we love to to talk to our, talk about our friends in the grading community, and we just want to wish our uh, all our friends and spon- show sponsor CSG a happy first birthday. They they made uh, one year of grading cards. Uh, you know they've been, their company's been around for a while, but uh, for grading cards, they celebrated their first birthday last week. Uh, they have all sorts of uh, online contests that they've been running on Twitter and stuff. So check it out. Congratulations and a happy birthday to CSG. Uh, another grading company, SGC, uh, had uh, made an announcement. They took in more cards on Wednesday than any other day in the company's 24-year history. So I love to see that. That means our hobby is healthy, that guys are getting their cards, uh, sending in their cards to get graded, and you know, a healthy and uh, card grading company is great. So congratulations, SGC. For reaching that, and then uh, Beckett, I don't know if any, you guys go follow Beckett at all, but Beckett.com, you know, they're another great grading company, and they had it's a great site, and they had um they have a a news set thing on their on their site that really is around the 2021 Series One baseball uh, variations, and what they do is they list all the variations for 2022 top Series One, but the best part is not only do they list it. They put a picture in of every one of the variations. So you can see all the different variations, the, the short prints and the SSPs in uh, the ultra variations. It's really cool. Check it out. Go to Beckett.com under news. It's 2022 top series one baseball variation guide. Uh, it's really cool. And uh, it's neat. Drew, did you check that out when I sent after I sent you the link? I did. Yeah, I got a chance to look through it a little bit there. It's kind of cool, and once you open the card, you're like, "Oh, okay," because that's what I did. I went through, like, "Oh, okay, I, I got, I get 99% base, and I think I might have gotten one one variation in there." Um, and, and one one last thing uh, with making the grade, we just want to remind everyone that DSG Diamond Service Grading. Check them out, DSGGrading.com. They are offering a five dollar coupon. This is exclusive to TTM Cast listeners. All you have to do is put in the code. 4-H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. Don't worry, you don't have to write it down. It's available on our website. Um, we'll give it one more time just in case. It's a $5 coupon code for at Diamond Service Grading, DSGGrading.com, 4-H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. And uh, that's thirty. That's $5 off this. Uh, any of the submissions. The standard submissions are 30 bucks, so that's going to cost you $25, and they are making a 30-day uh, turnaround still. So if you send a card into DSG grading, you put your co- code in, you'll have it back in a month. A uh, couple cool things with DSG, they have 
era label. So there's about four or five different labels you can choose from. And there's a QR code on the label so you can view the discount, the, the details of your grade, which is kind of cool. So check them out, Diamond Service Grading, DSGGrading.com. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up, we're going to announce our contest winner. Drew, we had a winner in our in our Super Bowl uh, contest. You want you want to give out the winner? I can. Yeah, that was Isaiah Salyards. So congratulations to you, Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah picked the Rams, and a total of thirty-seven points scored between the two teams. So pretty uh, good guess right there on that. So we'll be sending you a box. I believe it was what a blaster box of twenty twenty-two tops uh, baseball series one. Yep, and a couple of those uh, card stands there as well. Sure. And uh, Isaiah, congratulations. And I want to thank everyone for entering. We had a ton of entries in this contest, which I was very happy about. Drew and I finished, I think, second to last and last, respectively, because uh, I think Drew had Cincinnati. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, that, you know, that was the one part that I got right was I had said because I'd said the Rams are going to win on the scoreboard, but Cincinnati, if you're betting. However, I said that it was going to be way on the over and no, it wasn't even close to the over at all. Yeah, and I had I was way under so and and I had I had the Rams, but we we stuck with. But again, Isaiah, you did great. You picked the Rams in thirty seven, and congratulations. And uh, you know, as soon as I grab the uh, blaster box from one of my local stores, I will be sending that off. Um, next up is our, our GMCast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. So stamp of approval is um that we put our stamp approval on something sometimes it's collectible related sometimes it's food related we love when drew does food sometimes sometimes it's tvs or movies and you know here in the in the northeast we are are stuck in the house right the weather has been shitty we did have a 60 degree day but been watching a lot of tv lately uh unfortunately unfortunately and uh my Sun turned me on to this. We were on season two of Boardwalk Empire. And Boardwalk Empire, I think there are there were five seasons. And uh, Steve Buscemi is the lead in it. And it's all about uh, prohibition and things that are going on in Atlantic City, which is cool because we're going to Atlantic City for the national. But it, it's a really uh, fun show. Uh, there's all, all sorts of intrigue and shooting and uh, bootlegging and prohibition and um you know, Arnold Rothstein is related and Al is in there and Al Capone and all these kind of gangster guys from the, the late teens and twenties. And it's just a, it's a great show. So I'm on, we're on season two, episode six or seven right now. So I'm really looking forward to watching it more, but I'm going to recommend Boardwalk Empire. It's available on Netflix. It is a great uh, binge watch. And, and that is going to be my TTM cast stamp of approval for the week. Drew, what's yours? Hiva Leonard, Olympia Finalin. It's uh, Finland hockey making it to the gold medal game in uh, in Olympic hockey. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm half Finnish. I uh, my grandfather was a Finnish immigrant when he was about six, seven years old. He came over to the U.S. So that's always been the country that I feel the most connection to out of any outside the U.S. So really excited to see that. Of course, the women's team also end up winning bronze over on their side. Very excited to see uh, Finland versus Russia in the gold medal game. So uh, anybody listening out there, you can either cheer for Finland or you can be wrong. So uh, hopefully you're all on the Finland bandwagon there. But 
Absolutely love seeing that. Finland has, uh, they've kind of quietly flown under the radar. If you go back to the uh, fall of Soviet Union and at any kind of major Olympic, major, major international hockey competition, whether it be uh, the Olympics, the world championships, or the world junior championships, the countries that have won the most medals in there, Canada and Sweden are the top two, obviously, because I mean, it's Canada and Sweden's been really great at it too. Finland has won the third most medals out of any of those countries. So Glad to see that that's uh, continuing here. Hopefully they can finally get a, an Olympic gold to go with it. They've constantly been just in the uh, bronze and silver range here so far, but they've got a chance to turn that around. So hopefully that happens. I think the show, I think by the time this show is online, we'll know what happens. But as we're recording this, we've still got about 12 hours or so until the game starts. So if uh, or not, go Finland. There you go. That's my stamp of approval. Finish hockey. You know what, Drew, it's, it's funny you mentioned the Olympics because other than the curling, I've just had a hard time getting into these Olympics. I don't know why. Maybe because it's China and the time delay. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it's on whatever, five or six different stations. And you kind of got to remember where it is. And mm -hmm. it just, it, it's missing something this year. And I don't know, I, I can't, I, I don't know why. The, I don't think the media coverage has been as big, you know, outside of, uh, you know, they're trying to show it maybe because it's happened during the Super Bowl. I, I'm not quite sure, but, uh, you know, I used to be a, the guy that would watch every hockey game. I, it didn't matter who was playing. You know, I mean, if it was Italy versus France, I'd be sitting there watching it. But <laughs> I don't know. I haven't I haven't gone and reached out and tried to follow it. So I'm, I'm glad that 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 you're you're uh, you found something and hopefully finland wins today we're we're recording this on on saturday the 29th in the morning so uh hopefully hopefully finland is victorious when, when you guys are listening to this so thank you that was a great a great ttm castanero approval next step is our burn rap minute Guys, the Vern Rap Medic is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap. Passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. And we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers so that they don't send out a TTM request who, to someone who had passed away. And uh, this week, thankfully, Drew, I think this is our shortest Vern Rap Minute since we've been doing the show in four years. We only have two two people to mention, and one's in entertainment, and one was a ball for baseball player. So we lost Ivan Reitman, but Iron Reitman was obviously the producer and director of Ghostbusters. He was in, uh, involved with Animal House as well, and all sorts of uh, big comedies in the you know in the late 70s and early 80s right he was uh, a prolific guy he passed away he was 75 years old and then in the world of baseball we lost calvin jones you might not recognize the name but calvin was the first round pick of the seattle mariners and uh he kind of had a, an up and down career uh, he uh played with the mariners in 91 and 92 he played in the cleveland indians uh, farm system as well he played for the red sox farm system he played for a number of farm systems but he never kind of quite made it but um his big claim to fame was as a scout with the dodgers who who'd end up signing clayton kershaw he was the guy who discovered him and got him drafted so that's a that's a pretty good uh, uh thing to put on your resume calvin jones was he had he passed away he, he was 58 years old he had cancer so guys thankfully that wraps up uh burn rap minute uh condolences go out to friends and family we're sorry for your loss next up we're going to talk 
returns, TTM returns. This week's TTM returns are brought to you by Sports Card Forum. Find players' addresses, see who's signing, and more, all for free. SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion. Before we get into returns, we thought we'd run down a few guys that have been signing this week. Drew, why don't you take it away? All right, yeah, some guys who have been charging for fairly affordable fees. Uh, You get Hall of Famer Bob Lilly. He'll sign through his home address in Texas for about $5 an item. Fergie Jenkins, we mentioned him before, and uh, he signs for about $40 as well. So a couple Hall of Famers right there and some big names that aren't in the Hall of Fame, but still, you know, well-known. Jerry Kuzman, $10. Tim McCarver also running about $10. And uh, Tom Brunanski is up to $15 right now on his items. Yeah, and Kuzman, of course, is on the uh, rookie card, 1968 rookie card with Nolan Ryan. And I just saw Nolan Ryan is now $75. I thought he was 100 but he's only $75. So that's a pretty good deal. So for $85, if you have the card, you can get Ryan and Kuzman on uh, their uh, joint rookie card. A couple other guys that are signing for free. Rocky Blyer, who was running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers during their heyday. He had stopped signing for a while. He's back signing. Bill Lee, Spaceman Bill Lee from the Red Sox and Expos pitcher, he is signing. Uh, Billy Paltz from the San, Di- San Antonio Spurs signed. Uh, Fred, uh, Jeff Saturday from the Colts, he was a center. He was uh, Peyton Manning's center. He's signing for free. Bobby Abier, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Rick Middleton, uh, Boston Bruin, great, signs for free. He lives in New Hampshire. And Manny Moda, I believe he is the record holder for pinch hits. He pitched, he played for the Dodgers and the Pirates primarily in his career, and he is signing for free. So there's a lot of guys signing for free, and we want to run down some of our returns for the week. So I had, I finally had a pretty good return. As I told you a couple of weeks ago, I've been starting sending out, and I've been doing good the last, like, last three weeks sending out stuff. I actually have three coming in the mail today. I'm like, Drew, I don't know who, who my guys are because I don't cheat and write it on the envelope. <laughs> but the guys I've gotten back so far this week, I got Andre Dawson. I, I got him on an upper deck Red Sox card, which was kind of cool. Um, and he signed, he was $10. I got Peter Ladd on his rookie card. Uh, he pitched for the Houston Astros, signed for free. Adrian Dantley, who is a NBA Hall of Famer, and he signed his 78 uh, tops card. He's with the Lakers. He also signed his 1980 tops card. Um, he signed, I sent $10. He signed both of them. Uh, Mike Nusina, who was a Hall of Fame pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, he signed his 19, I think it's 90, uh, two or three card. Um, I don't know. One one of those. It was with the Orioles, and he signed his uh, his uh, 2002 card with the Yankees, um, and he put a Hall of Fame inscription on it. And I, I sent ten dollars, and he signed both of them. So ten dollars, I got two cards signed, which was pretty cool. Uh, Steve Mix, who played for the 76ers back in the day, he signed his 1978 card and 1980 tops card, and then Bob Windsor who was a uh, tight end for the New England Patriots back in the 70s. He started out with the 49ers, but he signed his 73 rookie card and his uh, 74 card. So I was very happy to get those back in. All the, all those were less than two weeks. And, and again, Dawson, Danley, and Musina, I sent $10 each, and the other guys were free. So pretty good returns. And, it's, and I said I got three, three more come back through. How'd you do? I've gotten 11 so far this week, and I've got three more that should be coming in today. Show I mentioned off, last show off, show <laughs> off. I just had to go beating you this week. Yep. But I mentioned last week, uh, Ken Aspermonte and Bob Toll, and I thought that I had coming in on uh, last Saturday there, and they did indeed arrive. So uh, 
of the uh, I sent out to both the Aspermani brothers on the same day. Ken ends up beating Bob in returning to me. Ken came back on the 12th. Uh, Bob Tolan, $15 fee on him. Got him for my 72 set. On the 14th on Monday, I got Bob back as well. So only a two-day difference there between the Aspermani brothers. Also got in Bob Skinner and uh, Jim Gentile from the uh, early 60s Orioles there. And I got my first ever poker request back as well with Doyle Brunson. He signed about, took about a week or so turnaround on there on a couple of custom index cards I printed up. On the 15th, Mike Baxis came back. He's a former infielder from the Kansas City Athletics back in the late 50s, early 60s. On the 17th, I got Jeff Carlson of Slapshot fame. He's one of the Hanson brothers in the movie there. But he's in the 2021 uh, Allen and Ginter set. So you can find a couple of cards of him in there. And he also signed an index card for me and mentioned Slapshot on the card. On the 18th, that was uh, on Friday, got Jimmy Pardo, comedian back. He's another one who's in that 2021 Allen Ginter set. Uh, Frank Reich, the quarterback for the Panthers. He was the uh, Carolina Panthers' first quarterback and, of course, was also the backup for a long time to Jim Kelly in Buffalo. Now the head coach in Indianapolis, and he signed, I think it was four cards, took a little over a year on that. I mailed it out in December of 2020. So it uh, took a little while to come back, but he signed everything and got it back to me. And one of my favorite ones here was Vern Law. Got him back that day as well on a 1952 Topps card. And uh, the reason I sent that one out to Law was that I made a trade with the guy on uh, sportscollectors.net and I had a Vern Law autographed 52 that was uh, Beckett slabbed and worked this deal. And he wanted that one. And then I'm like, uh, let me see first. Let me see if I can grab one. I was able to find one on eBay unsigned to mail out against. It's like, all right, cool. I can go ahead and part with this one then. And I'm glad I did because, I mean, the Beckett one looked nice and everything. And it was slabbed and all that. But Vern totally hooked it up on this one. He put in, I mean, let me pull the, find this one here real quick. He added in this just boatload of inscriptions on it as well. He charges $8 each. And I should say, almost a year ago, I mailed to Law, and I didn't know his fee was $8. I thought it was 5 So I put in a 5 and he writes a note back saying, oh, yeah, my fee is $8, which I think is very affordable. I'm like, sorry, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So I made up two of this time. I put in $12 with him, just said, hey, yeah, I shorted you last time. My apologies. So here's a little extra to cover that there. But uh, he totally hooked it up on the uh, inscriptions here, where he puts uh, that he was a Cy Young winner, World Series champ, Two-time All-Star in 1960, Comeback Player of the Year, and Lou Gehrig Award in 1965. So he Very went crazy nice. on the inscriptions right there. So uh, And that's a great card, too. Great card. It to is. Sign. Yeah. But so I'm back to finally having the complete run of at least one top card signed from every Topps base set from 1951 on up to 2021. So I need to get one of the most recent releases signed. And I probably should get a 51 blue back just, you know, to say that I've really got the complete run. But I've got at least a red back signed from it. So... Technically, I've got everything in there that I need. So there we go. I was able to complete it with that. Really happy to get that Vern Law back. And coming in today, it looks like I'm going to have Anthony Munoz, Quinn Priester, and the aforementioned Adrian Dantley, I believe, is coming back to me as well. So hopefully those will come through, and uh, we'll have those uh, for sure next week at least. Did you did you give uh, Munoz money? or? Yes, he's charging 20 now, it appears. So, yeah, put okay, that in. And uh, Dantley he, was, he, yeah, $5 on him. I got him... Um kind of at the time when he was kind of in between he wasn't was charging wasn't charging yep. so i had sent him two cards and then i didn't see anything so i sent him another two cards maybe like two months later because i saw that he was signing mm -hmm. and with no money both times no money and he signed he signed all four of them for me oh, wow. for no money which was kind of cool but again i know he started charging again and then what'd you do five five dollars to dantley yeah, five dollars for Danley. But yeah, with Munoz, he was like five or ten for a long time. Then for a little while, not charging at all. And now it's up to twenty again. So it's like, yeah, whatever. I've got 
my biggest thing with wanting to send off to him was that I had a $20 bill sitting there. It's like, I don't want to have to go to a bank and break it into tens or fives or whatever. Who signs for 20 that I've got a card of that I'm kind of, that's in a set I'm kind of working on. Great. Let's go ahead and send the Munoz off. So. Yeah, he has a nice signature, too. So he does. That's kind of yes. cool. Well, that wraps up. Thank you, Drew. That wraps up returns for the week. Uh, next up, we're going to go right into our uh, TTM cast interview for the week. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, this week I, I had the pleasure of interviewing Matt Strom, who was a major league pitcher. He pitched for the uh, Kansas City Royals, and most recently with the Padres, and uh, he is the host of a t- great TV show called The Card Life. And I also interviewed uh, Brandon Versal, who was the printer and printer, the producer, and the guy that uh, created this this great show. So uh, we got a great interview coming up with these two guys from The Card Life. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. Go on the road with CSG in 2022. CSG will attend more than two dozen industry shows across the country this year. Save on shipping with your submissions. Meet with CSG representatives, get swag, and see the hobby's best holder in person. Expedited turnaround time will be offered at select shows. Check out the CSG events page now on csgcards.com. Joining the show is Major League pitcher and host of The Card Life, Matt Strom, as well as producer and creator for the show, Brandon Brussel. Guys, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. We had Brandon on the podcast last year, and I thought it'd be a good idea for to catch up and find out what's going on with the show. Brandon, you guys are on your ninth show, correct? Yeah, ninth episode is released this month in February. It's a California show, and uh, I'll be out with Matt in a couple weeks, and we'll record a couple more shows. Matt, how did it come about that you uh, joined the show? You know, Brandon actually reached out to, I believe he reached out to my my agent right away, if I remember correct. But, I mean, my agent brought it up to me, and it was an immediate yes. Like, talk about cards, get to go see all these other shops, talk to other people with their unique niche in this amazing hobby and uh you know it was it was an immediate yeah i'll do essentially whatever whatever brandon says i do jump how high (laughs) (laughs) i was too modest there because you know he was doing strom stadium polls over a year before the show even started and you know that's what you know that's one of the things i saw and said you know the sports car show can work this is the guy i need to have host it and uh, he always already had a great following on youtube and he has a great personality. And just, I mean, when I talked to his agent, he's like, Matt's like a kid in a candy store. When you talk cards and do stuff with cards, he's like, he's perfect for this. And he has been, it's been, it's been fantastic because of Matt. Brandon, you've been collecting for a while, but Matt, when did you first become interested in collecting? So, I mean, I think I kind of have like your, your basic childhood, how you collect cards, kind of got the full sets every year and just pick through all the, the players I idolized or wanted to collect. And, uh, you know, I probably did that all the way into probably until Brandon embarrassingly enough until Pokemon became a thing. And then I was like, Oh, no, now no, Pokemon. Don't say that. yeah, yeah, I know. It's embarrassing enough. I, uh, no, but again, like I probably switched around to that. And then once I got full into baseball, I kind of put it on the back burner and 
I don't know. I didn't want to be that guy in the minor leagues collecting everybody's cards. Like, I, I mean, looking back on it, it was stupid. Like, yep. I don't know why I didn't do that. But, uh, yeah, and then after, after the 2018 season, my brother at the time was with the Giants, and he moved in with me, and he was bringing home these blaster boxes from Target and uh, drove home one day and there was a Target. I was like, I'll swing and see what I can get. And it was all those, it was tops, Chrome, whatever boxes and started ripping those. And then it was like every day I was stopping at Target to see if they had them. And then it just kind of grew from there. And, you know, I kind of exploded with everyone else back into it. Um, But yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I know it was pretty exciting. On one of the shows, you opened, were ripping cards and you opened the pack and your own autograph card was in there. Do you remember the first time you opened a pack and you got your own card? Uh, the first time I got my own in a pack? Yeah, it was. Uh, that was series, the series one, just basic card. That was the first time. It was really cool. Um, I mean, the, cool, the coolest part to me was when I got to see them before they were in production, like when they sent them all to me to sign and do all that. That was really cool. But uh, I mean, the best rip of myself, Brandon caught on the camera, and that was that was awesome. Brandon, you've been all over the country chasing down interesting stories about collecting in the hobby. You've been to Wisconsin and Dallas and Miami and St. Louis and all sorts of other places. Is there one uh, story that really stands out to you that was your favorite to cover? Oh, there's so many. I mean. One that really stands out for me was in Oakland. We got to interview Terry Smith, who did the ProVisions cards in the early 90s, the Dwight Gooden with the flaming baseball and Joe Montana with the mechanical shoulder and stuff. And I was able to go into his studio there and he showed me around and just somebody who was a real innovator kind of in card history. That was a a really cool moment. And every month, the breaks we get to do. I mean, we have a sponsorship with sportscards.com. They send us boxes. I mean, we get to sit there and watch Matt rip a $3,000 box, which yes. I don't think either one of us would go out and buy or no. our wives would not be happy. No. And, <laughs> exactly. uh, exactly. and so, you know, we've got a pull. I mean, we did a, a 97, 98 NBA box a few months ago. And I mean, what'd you have Matt, like six Duncan rookies, an incredible Kobe second year card, Tracy McGrady yeah. rookies. I mean, just being able to sit there and see that come out of the box. In fact, you'll see me, you hear me laughing in the background because Matt and I are yeah. just in the room together kind of talking through the whole thing but yeah. doing that every month is just so much fun and and getting to see what matt pulls we are speaking with matt strong major league pitcher and host of the card life and producer of the card life and creator brandon Barcel. the card life is seen on the bally sports network across the country matt you grew up in north dakota not necessarily the hotbed of major league baseball did you have a favorite team or player growing up uh, Minnesota Twins were my favorite team. Uh, growing up, I idolized Darren Erstead. He grew up about an hour and a half away from me in Jamestown, North Dakota. Um, also followed uh, Rick Helling was a name in the Texas with the Texas Rangers, and uh, obviously Travis Hafner. You know those guys. I just kind of idolized because, like you said, they came they came out of North Dakota. They did something about it, and uh, you know they were they were awesome. Do you realize your number three in all-time wins from pitchers from North Dakota? <laughs> I did not, but that is, that is sweet. And fifth in, Rick fifth in war, too. I looked that up. He's fifth in war. So Okay. Rick Helling and Lynn Nelson, he pitched in the, uh, I think, from 1930 to 1940. I didn't recognize the name because I don't think okay. he has a card. 
<laughs> but that, right that, that, how many does uh how many did Rick Helling have? Ninety three, I think, right? In nineties. Right. I got a few to go then. I think you get a way to go <laughs> catch Rick. I think I think you can yeah. you have an outside shot at, at catching Lynn. And when you sign on with the Red Sox, because you'd be on a really good team. Yeah. All right, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Just a little baseball question for you. You've been primarily a reliever throughout your career, but you did start a bunch of games a few years ago. Do you prefer starting or uh, coming out of the bullpen? Uh, I just started calling myself a pitcher. Whichever one they want me to do, I'll do. I enjoy them all. I mean, I love starting. I love the rotation. But then you have the the camaraderie of a bullpen and, like, I don't know, just being in the trenches with those eight, nine dudes. They, they both have their their ups and they both have their downs, but I just I quit trying to label myself and I just call myself a pitcher. You got the collecting bug again in 2018 from uh, your brother. Have you amassed much of a collection uh, while you've been playing? You know, do you have cert shirts or uniforms or uh, for your first pitch or, or your first strikeout or your first hit? Do you have um, stuff from your playing days so far? Yeah, I uh, actually right off to the left of me, I have my my first win jersey framed along with my debut jersey. And then I have the lineup card, my first strikeout ball. Um, I got my first hit bat, Greg Garcia. Nice. He'll uh, he'll be hanging in my man cave forever. His bat will be. Um, you know, I've collected a few things. I haven't been too big into the like. I don't know. It's just something for me. Asking someone for an autograph just isn't like a teammate. I have no problem. Like talk to them about it, like whatever they understand, like how I collect and whatnot. But I just, when I show up to the field, it's my competitive nature is in and I'm not going to go over and ask Corey Seager to sign a bat for me or anything. Like, I just, I don't have that in me because it's when it's time to face Corey Seager, I don't want to like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's who I am. It's, it's, I, I, try I to understand. I'd be really uncomfortable asking, for uh, people that have a relationship, I, I, I'm I'm pretty easy going in terms of if I don't know you and I'm just gonna you know I'm at an event I see yeah. you out I don't mind you know, as long as I'm not bothering you but um you know in a work environment like that I think it would be weird to ask yeah. especially an opponent for right the one I there's been there's been two times I've done it I've asked uh, I asked Albert Pujols to sign a baseball if I sent it over and he he did. And then when I was in Fenway in 17, I asked Big Poppy to sign a jersey, and he did. Yeah. So I remember that. Like, I remember wanting to do it but not wanting to do it. And then Peter Moylan, essentially, when I was walking in from throwing, like, grabbed me, introduced me to him. And then Moylan was like, now ask him what you want to ask him. And I was like, all right, dude. It must be nice to use the privilege as a major league player to have access to some of these guys and get autographs from some of the guys that you play with or some of the guys that you've played against. I mean, that's something I've told some young players, something I've started to do. I've just told them at the very least, like get a baseball and have all the position players sign one and then have all the pitchers sign one. And then like the very least, just, I don't know, you got some proof you were there. (laughs) Have you had much interaction with current players who are collectors? I know Pat Nishak is a big collector. Is there a fraternity of current players that are uh, collectors? You know, I mean, I've, I've seen a, a few guys. I've interacted with them on Twitter. Um, I mean, I don't – again, I'm kind of just 
it's kind of a thing between my brother and I, we do it together. I'm not, yep. I don't sell like whatever I open, it sits in these boxes. It just, it just, it's like, it just is what it is. But you know, I definitely, I think it would be cool with my stadium pulls to eventually get guys that enjoy opening boxes to chase their own rookie card or some stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like that'd be fun to watch to do that. But I know a lot of guys have gotten into the basketball and football world because obviously how big those cards are. So there's a, there's a, there's a few collectors out there that people aren't aware of, but you want to you want to drop some names or that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll a couple names. guys. Nah. Yeah, it's not not my uh, not my mind to say. So, do you have do you have a story that you really enjoyed covering? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of them are unique. I think when we went through pristine auction, it was just jaw dropping at all the stuff they had, like the nascar full suits on the mannequins and how they would go back and figure out what like just from a stitch being off they would figure out what race they wore it in and authenticate it through all that like that was probably the one of the cooler ones but the like top notch one was that day we went through the scottsdale the guy that flips all of his cards i probably handled a half a million dollars of cards in less than 15 minutes and i was just like what <laughs> happened? I was like, in that same day, I held a Mike Trout first Bowman True Blue and a Tatis rookie True Blue auto in the same day. And I was just like, what is going on? Brandon, uh, as a producer of the show, you know, now that you have some some uh, some stuff to show people, has it been easier to pitch co companies and people of, look, this is what we're doing. This is how we want, you know, we'd love to get you guys on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And and we have more people reach out now that they've seen the show and the success it has. I think there was a lot of trepidation at the beginning of, is it even going to work? How are you going to do a TV show about sports cards? But the crazy thing is there's no lack of content. I mean, we could go to a, the same city five or six times and, you know, we always shoot at a local card store and there's all, you know, there's plenty of LCSs in all these cities and there's so many stories and, and, once we decide where we're going to go, I, I usually have nine stories and then I have to cut it down from there and save those other ones for later. Yeah, there's been been no shortage of content and uh, plenty of companies that that would love for us to to feature them. And the cool thing is we're getting to talk to some companies that are kind of on the cutting edge of doing new things. You know, we did a thing on with card score in Dallas. We did yep. something with FCG grading in Dallas. And so companies that have new approaches and stuff they're able to, they're more willing to take us behind the scenes to show stuff. And, you know, Matt got to sit down there and grade a card himself. And I think realize that he doesn't want to be a grader when his baseball no. career is done, but uh, <laughs> we got to see the process. And both of us are so interested in that kind of stuff. Cause we don't do that a lot. Like I said, I have boxes just like Matt does behind me of cards that I need to get graded, but to see that process and now be able to go through my cards and, and have that eye mm -hmm. for what they're looking for. Just really, really interesting stuff. One of the, the nice things about the show, we're talking with uh, Brandon Versal and, and Matt Strom from the Card Life is available. It's shown uh, almost every day, basically, on the Bailey Sports Network uh, uh, across the country. Uh, and one of the things that is really neat about the show for, from, for Brandon and for Matt um, is that it talks to everyone. It talks to the novice collector, the guy, the the, the kid that just might be buying a couple packs out from Target, or or you know, it talks to uh, somebody that's been collecting like myself for forty five years. Uh, is that uh, something you try to do with each show? 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. And and the the funny thing is with Aaron on Bally Sports, Bally Sports, their regional families, they have more NBA, NHL, MLB teams. All of them have about 15. There's about 15 in each of those leagues that are on Bally Sports. And so, so many of our airings are coming on right after those games. And so we're catching just sports fans that watch their team win. They watch a little bit of a post-game wrap and then the card life comes on. I get 12, 15 emails a week of people who said, you know, I was watching the Dallas Stars game. The card life came on afterwards. And for the first time, I went down and went into my closet and pulled my cards out. What should I be looking for through my set? And so, you know, we have to be sure that we can hit those people who don't know what really, I mean, there's people that don't know what parallels are, what graded cards are. So we have to be enough to get them interested and bring them into the hobby, but also be interested to people in people that are active in the hobby. So yeah, that's definitely something we have to mix. You'll see, I put a lot of notes up that just explain terms and stuff that somebody that's really into it's like, well, why are they putting that up there? I've known what that is for 10 years, but we want to make sure that that viewer who just watched their NHL team is just as informed going through that episode. And I, I just can't even tell you the number of people that contact me and say, I haven't touched my card since I was a kid, just brought them out. I just went and bought a box at my LCS so the great thing is I think we're bringing people into the hobby that are just general sports fans that haven't thought about it in, in 10 or 15 or 20 years, just like I didn't. And, and Matt didn't either. All right. Matt, the, the show plays, as Brandon said, after baseball games a lot, has it been, has it come up in the clubhouse and the, the guys giving you a hassle for being the, the, the TV star quote unquote. So uh, not so much in the, the clubhouse, but uh Sorry about that. Did you guys lose me here? But uh, not so much in the clubhouse as lately in the offseason here when guys are at, I don't know, like a sports bar watching the game. And when it gets done, I get text messages of, uh, hey, look who's on TV. And I'm like, sick, guys. Yeah. That actually <laughs> happened to me the other – when we were home for Thanksgiving, I went out to this sports bar with a couple buddies and we're sitting there and it comes on. And this kid from across the bar yells, hey, isn't that you? And points at me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it's like, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this. I just want to talk yeah. about I want to be a media star, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, it's, uh, yeah, I get, I get texts periodically when guys see it on. And they're like, what are you doing with this? And then they sit there and watch it. And then they'll, I get messages about hey what about my cards from the 90s i'm like yeah dude just keep them where they are <laughs> just put them back so the, now do kids recognize you more from being on tv now as opposed not not your kids but just kids in general they say hey you're the guy from the tv show as opposed to the other guy that, that that's the picture you know i'm a pretty i'm a homebody family guy I don't really go out much so haven't really haven't seen it as much i'm sure this this off season, kids will notice me more next year because of the card life, no doubt. Um, do you have a, a, a maker or a, a, a set that you like collecting that you that you personally enjoy? Um, you know, is there something that, do you you know do you like the Panini Mosaic or Tops Heritage or is this something that you really uh, enjoy collecting? Tops Tops Chrome is my favorite i don't do sets i'm not a big set collector like i said i used to get the set and disassemble it and go trade off all my yankees for any minnesota twins they wanted or something so i uh i'm not a big set collector i love collecting like die cuts i think those are cool so i've really 
I've really enjoyed actually the Ben Baller uh, Topps Chrome that came out the last two years. The die cuts are really cool to me. I enjoy those. Um, but no, Topps Chrome is just kind of my, I'm a simple, I love Bowman Chrome. I love all the Bowman and then just Topps Chrome. Did you, were you an autograph collector as a kid? I know you, you said you collected cards, but did you send out autograph requests through the mail or is that something you were into? No, I never did that. Um, other than like local independent ball, I remember getting the team cards in the store and then trying to get all the players to sign each of their cards. I think I have like three sets of like the Fargo Moorhead Red Hawks independently <laughs> signed and everything. But uh, a couple Chris Coasts, he's about the only one that made it out of there for that. So, but. But no, I never did through the mail or anything. Do you get many requests through the mail either to the team or to, to your home address? And is that something you, you uh, um, work with? I mean, in comparison to other guys, I'd get minimal. Uh, there's there's guys that, like, you. I walk through the, the mail room. And it's like some of the obvious players have four or five mailboxes overflowing. And it's like yeah. my mailbox is an eighth of the way full. It's like, all right. That you go, but I get a few. Um, I I try to return most of them, but it does get overwhelming during the year, especially when you're in and out, and your only workspace is your locker. And I'm kind of a clean freak when it comes to that, so just it's it gets hard. Brandon, uh, you know, for the show plan coming up, I know we have the California episode coming up. Playing what? What for the rest of the year? Where's what are some of the locales you're going? The guys are going to be uh, filming at. Well, a lot of it depends on where Matt signs. We're going to have to see what, uh, where he's Boston, at. Boston, Boston, Boston. <laughs> you need a lefty, Matt. You wouldn't believe that I have got, I need to forward these to Matt. The number of emails I've gotten from people like, when are you going to do this show? And could we have Matt sign with our team so that you'll be here filming shows yeah. all the time? So there are fans who, who want Matt not just to pitch, but also to be the card guy in their town. But, um, so we have this California show. I'm going to do an Oklahoma show next month. I'll go shoot with Matt in Phoenix. He's still rehabbing down there. And so I'm not uh, making him travel. He kind of has one thing that's a little bit more important than the TV show to worry about. So I'll go down and film the break and stuff with him in, in Phoenix. And then uh, once the baseball lockout gets straightened out, we'll, we'll set the schedule based on where he's traveling to and, and go from there. Are you going to go to like Mickey Mantle's home in, uh, in Oklahoma and I was just, you know, I was just looking at stories. There's some good ones there. Um, there's a, a, a gentleman down there that has an incredible collection of Native American players that played in Major League Baseball. In fact, he has a Sock Alexis, the player for the, the Cleveland Spiders, maybe in the late 1890s. He has two of like the only three cards in existence of him. So I'm going to go down and have him show off the collection. There's a professor at Oklahoma State in Stillwater that's working on creating curriculum so that kids learn math and reading and stuff by using sports cards. Nice. And uh, so going to get, do a story with him. I, yeah, I will drive over to Mantle's home. I've heard it's not too big of a deal, but I think when you're in that area, you kind of have to kind of have yeah. to do that. And yeah, I understand that there's you can there's spots in the house that you can see where either hit the ball against the wall <laughs> the walls or he was cool. pitched to um it, it, i don't know why it's kind of, it's almost like a pilgrimage you kind of yeah i heard there's know. i think there's yeah. a barn out back where you can see where he threw the ball against the barn growing up and stuff so yeah it, I, I think it'll be a cool place to stop by matt well what, what are some of the things that that are in your wish list for to uh, to add to your collection i know uh you know i i, I know you're you're on you're trying to get get rehabbing but we you know you're always we're always a collector once a collector always a collector 
What 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 are some of the things that you'd like to add to your collection this year? I would like to get a really nice '61 Roger Maris. I'd like nice. to get that. That's kind of my the one I'm looking out for. Just I really don't want it centered. That's about it. And then I've, I've got I when I was when I was younger I sent I was into uh, sending out TTM requests as well, and I got a return from Maris uh, and a '67 Tops signed card from him. Okay. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And then I guess I would have two others, but they're my own cards. I still need my Super Fractor auto and my Orange auto, and I'm done. Do you have those tagged on eBay so that they haven't come oh, yeah. up? You got them? Oh, yeah. I do, and I think probably like 12 or 15 other people do for me. They're like, hey, I'll look out for it. I'm like, all right. Appreciate it. Have you been to any shows? I know, you know, you, you, were, um, you, you were rehabbing during the year. Do you, do you attend many card shows? I have, I mean, out when I was younger, went to some local ones, but they were nothing. I mean, they were probably nothing more than eight to ten tables. I've never been to a big one since, obviously, COVID and all that stuff. But uh, definitely, I was looking forward to one. We were supposed to do one in Las Vegas that fell through, and uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm sure I'll get to as many as I can, depending on uh, the flexibility of my schedule and what my wife allows me to do. So. <laughs> yeah i know that all too well brandon yeah. uh, how about you in terms of collecting i know you've you've kind of amassed a, a pretty good collection in, in your day is there anything that you're really uh trying to add to your collection this year yeah nothing i'm really hunting for i will uh i will make matt tell one of the things that he is also hunting for in his personal collection that re re relates to guys who've taken him a yard throughout his career you have oh, to tell him yes. matt oh, that, I know that's, that's one of your pretty, things that's a Isn't pretty that cool? lesson nowadays right matt uh it's had to have been in the big leagues only that's know, how it is minor leagues don't count but yeah i kind of you hear about how like hitters will always say oh that picture is in my book so i call it my book collection guys whose books i'm in so i've uh i've been massing that collection throughout i uh i have a few guys that i can't find which is kind of embarrassing that they took me deep so <laughs> but, <laughs> hey it happens. It happens to everyone. One of the one of the neat stories you guys did was the 1990 blacklist cards. I think that was the first episode. Uh, was that something that you were learning about? Because I didn't even I didn't know about how that was uh, totally that new one. to. Yeah, totally new to me. Obviously, I knew about the the no name, but like all yeah, the I other blacklist ones, like it was it was it was all new to me, and it was awesome. I had goosebumps in that episode when we were going through brandon's old collection and finding all these blacklist cards i was like no way dude like there's more <laughs> it was awesome no i know that kind of brandon was that why you brought it brought that story uh yeah i mean yeah once i saw that there was a collector in in phoenix that collected those cards you know i had that no name card and i i bought the rest of the packs that were in the vending machine that the thomas card came out of but they didn't have the thomas card i didn't know anything about the other blacklist cards so i threw them in a box. I literally wrote 1990 tops and put them in a corner and I didn't touch them. And I wasn't even going to bring them on the shoot to Phoenix for him to go through. And at the last minute I had a spare pound and a half in my bag. Cause I usually travel with about 49 pounds worth of gear in two bags. And so I threw it in at the last second and said, well, they can go through it. And you know, there's a one in a million chance they're going to find stuff. And yeah, the look on both of their faces when they went through about eight cards, they're like, Oh my gosh, here's one. Here's another one. Here's another one. I mean, I think it was five or six different blacklist cards they ended up finding out of that that set and it was all just 
cards out of a vending machine in a minor league hockey arena in Lincoln, Nebraska, it, which is, that's the fun stuff about collecting is right. having those stories behind stuff like that. Um, you know, that's, I graded the Thomas card. I have the other ones set aside. I need to grade those other ones eventually because they're really low pop, but, um, but it's just one of those things. It's just a really fun story. And there, there's so many of those out there. Well, no, it's cool is that when you, the, you, you use the word fine and that's really neat about the hobby, right? There's always this big fine that comes up. Are you going to have any, any of the, uh, fines, you know, the, the famous fines in the last couple of years, uh, on the show and, and feature them on the show at all? Uh, I mean, I don't have, I mean, I'm sure we'll run into that eventually depending on where we're, we're filming at, but, uh, nothing on the horizon right now, but yeah, that's, there's a, there's a few people, there's an owner that has an incredible collection that we're really close to getting on the show, but then there's questions of, can a player from another team, you know, talk to that owner? Is that collusion or, or whatever else? So there's some things that we're prohibited by just a little bit because of that, but some of that stuff hopefully we'll be, we'll eventually be able to, to do. Matt, I know um, it's, you know, you were, you were hurt this past year, so it wasn't as uh, time, you know, time constraints weren't a problem for you, but do you, how, how are you going to handle it when you're, you know, when you're pitching, you know, pitching uh, in the major leagues next year, um, you know, to keep the show going? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, Brandon does an unbelievable job of timing up with my schedule of what city I'm going to be in. I mean, he does, like I said, unbelievable job with timing up my off days to be able to film so we can get it all in. Or, I mean, he's done, it's been, we actually did it last year a few times and it, uh, it worked out. And, uh, like I said, he's, he's, he does every jump how high that's it. <laughs> and it, and it works I, out. One, one question. And, and then uh, I'll let you guys know, uh, it's really about, you know, um, Brandon had mentioned the lockout and, you know, as fans, as players, everyone yeah. want to see this thing. end. Um, you know, without any uh, divulging any inside information, you just right. got feeling. Do you think that this thing's going to be over in two weeks, a month? Uh, you know, we're looking at May. What, what do you What do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, it's again, you just need both parties to be able to sit down and have reasonable negotiations. And I think we're getting there. So hopefully, it's not too much longer, but. Again, it's just it's about change and what 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 needs to be agreed upon. So it's I don't think it's going to be too much longer, but we shall see. And and health wise, how's your how's your arm doing? You you're ready for the season? Awesome. Oh yeah, I just uh, threw one of my threw my second bullpen today, and everything's feeling really good. And just waiting to uh, waiting to get a job. Great. Well, fingers crossed. I wish you luck. Brandon, why don't you let everyone know how they can find you guys on social media? Uh, you know, uh, tell them who, you know, push your sponsors and, and, and really let's, you know, let people know how they can find the card life. Sure. At, at the card life uh, TV is where all of our social handles are. Um, the card life TV.com. You can see the broadcast schedule. So you can see where the show airs in your area. Loop has been our presenting sponsor since the very beginning. Unbelievable people there. Um, and we really wouldn't have been able to launch the show if they hadn't. Before we'd even produced an episode, they had signed on and said, uh, we want to be part of this. And so Eric Doty and his group down there have just been unbelievable. Hopefully we'll end up going through Miami on one of the road trips this year because they have an incredible shop there that I'm excited for Matt to go and check out and, 
and meet the guys because they've been they've been incredibly supportive. And uh, so, yeah, check check us out and and tune in and watch. And if someone has an idea that they want to pitch to you or an you know, idea for a story, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, on the website, thecardlifetv.com, there's a little form there that you can click and the emails just go straight to me and love having ideas. I, I just literally have a list of other ones of cities that we're going to go to that people have emailed me and told me about, you know, this LCS or this person has an incredible collection or this person would be great to talk to. So yeah, please, please share ideas. We are uh, open to them and, uh, and anybody that's on the show will love working with Matt. He's awesome. He's awesome on the show. Thanks. Well, we were speaking with Brandon Vercel. Brandon is a producer and creator of The Card Life. And we're also talking with Matt, Matt Strom. Matt, Matt is a major league pitcher. He pitched with the Kansas City Royals. Got drafted in 2012. He had his first major league game in July 31st in 2016. He got traded to the San Diego Padres, which is, Matt, there's worse places to get traded than San Diego, huh? <laughs> You're not lying. You're not lying. So he got traded to the Padres in 2017. He's been with them for uh, since then, and he is uh, re- he's uh, recuperating from an injury last year. He only he only pitched a couple games last year, right, Matt? Yeah, I think it was only like four or five games or something like that. Not very many. And hopefully, he will be landing on his feet in Boston soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> hey, like I said, my phone's open as soon as this lockout is over. I know, I know. So he'll be heading out to the spring training. You can watch it. You can watch him on uh, the Card Life. It is on the Bally Sports Network. Uh, Brandon, anything you want to add before I let you guys go? That's it. Thank you so much, Jeff. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you again, Brandon. Matt, thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you, and thank you for your time thank today. You. And I wish you the best of luck in uh, the season coming up. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you very much. See ya. Drew, we did it. We got another one in the books. I can't believe it. Seven shows already this year. We're in mid-February. We're just cruising along. A lot of stuff to talk to talk about the last couple of weeks, huh? And it's making it a little easier with the mailboxes being full as well. So that uh, definitely liking that. Looking forward to hopefully more coming this week as well. Yeah, you know what, Drew? I, I went out uh, maybe two weeks ago, and I I prepped about fifty envelopes. So I put in, uh, you know, I put in my uh, return envelope. I put everything everything ready to go. So now all I have to do is just drop a card in, put another label on it, and I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So I'm, I've been knocking them off as we go. I think I spent I sent out another fifteen this week, uh, and the returns are, are finally coming. I love I love getting returns, and I'm sure you do too. Yeah, I've, I've still got, I think I've sent out 50 or so, so far. I've got enough stamps to send out maybe 10 or 20 more. So hopefully I'll be able to crank out the rest of those and, you know, get my March uh, stamp batch bought up there too and keep them, keep them rolling through. I know it's very cool. Well, hey, guys, I want to thank uh, Matt Strom and Brandon Versal from The Cards Life for joining us. Please check out The Cards Life. You can go to The Card Life. I think TV is on YouTube, uh, on uh, YouTube, uh, you can go see their old shows, and the show uh, is shown uh, all the time on Valley Sports Network across the country. So check it out, The Card Life. It is a great show. It is the first show dedicated to the hobby, and they do a great show. So thank you, Matt and Brandon, for joining us. I want to congratulate our contest winner, Isaiah Salyards, who had a great pick for with the Rams and 37 points. Um, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about next week. Next week, we have 
Ted Mann from Collex. It's C-O-L-L-X dot app. It's a great free app. And he's going to come on and talk about his, his free app. We also have, uh, perhaps, we're hoping, fingers crossed, uh, a, a special guest. And I'm going to supposed to interview him next week. And hopefully we get that in the can and we can have him join us. Um, I think that's it, Drew. You got anything else you want to add before, before we uh, let uh, these fine people go? I think we're pretty well covered there. I think we got everything in. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed our show this week. I want to wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you next week.